done in falsetto today. <laughs> it's, uh, so we kind of be watching for that. Uh, today we move into a new series called Margin, and this is actually a prelude or a transition sermon, and I'm calling this Balancing Life's Demands. You know, all the world is based on, influenced by the principle of balance. Uh, once you see this, you begin to see it, uh, see it everywhere. You know the earth is perfectly balanced on its axis? Uh, the axis of the earth doesn't go straight up and down. It actually tilts at 23 degrees, and that's crucial, that balance. Because if it was just a few degrees one way or the other, we would either burn up or freeze. Uh, the earth's rotation is at exactly the right speed to maintain that balance without creating, either shaking us off or creating vibration to where the earth breaks up. A balance is crucial, uh, even in creation. You know, ecologists study uh, ecosystems, food chains, where the checks and balances in nature uh, take care of each other. Uh, engineers, architects strive for balance within a structure. If a building I- isn't built right, the stress, tension isn't balanced, it'll collapse. bridge will fall down. In your body... Uh, when you get sick, you have nine different systems in your body, and when those systems are in balance, we call that health. When they get out of balance, that's disease or disease. But it's crucial in the body. You know, red and white corpuscles are balanced, the oxygen levels are balanced, hormones are balanced, the acid and alkaline is balanced. I mean, your whole life is influenced by this idea of equilibrium, the principle of balance. And God wants our personal lives to be balanced. That's how we meet life's demands. Now, Proverbs 28.2 says, A man of understanding and knowledge maintains order. You've got knowledge and understanding. You have order. <clears throat> you have balance in your life. 1 Corinthians 14.32 For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. God wants there to be balance, equilibrium in life. Ecclesiastes 3.1-8 says, There is a time for everything. And then it just lists all the things that there's a time for. Because God wants us to live balanced lives. As a pastor, one of the most common problems I encounter with people is this problem of imbalance. Uh, imbalance manifests itself with a lot of different symptoms, but, but it, the root is the same. Uh, you can be imbalanced in anything. Sleeping, eating, work, play, sex, money, anything can get out of balance. And the problem is that most of us have a tendency to work on our public lives, to work on the things that people see, the way we appear, and we let our priorities slide in our private life. Howard Hendricks says that a lot of people's lives are like poor photographs. They're overexposed and underdeveloped. And that's true. Our lives are overexposed. Everybody sees us, knows us. We have contacts with lots of people. We're overexposed, but then underneath that, we are underdeveloped. Two things happen when your personal life gets out of balance. One is frustration. Frustration. I talk to a lot of people, especially young families, that just live lives of frustration. How many of you grew up watching the Ed Sullivan Show? Any of you ever ever watched the Ed Sullivan Show? Remember the plate spinner guys that would come on there? These guys would come on, had these long sticks, and they put a plate on top and get to spinning it around, and then they'd do another one, and then they'd do another one, and then they'd have to run back and get this one going, and then run down here, and just, I mean, you've got some poor sap just running from stick to stick to stick, keeping those plates spinning. I mean, folks, that's entertainment, okay? Yeah, but, you know, even if he could do it, even when he was a success, uh, all he'd done was just had a bunch of plates spinning. 
I mean, that's not much of a cause to give your life to. Yet a lot of people live that, their lives that way. They are running from thing to thing. They get this area of their life going. They get this area of their life going. They get this area. Now they've got to run back here and crank this area of their life. And, and they're just frustration comes from the imbalance in your life. Especially if all you're doing is spinning plates. Again, not much of a cause to give your life to. Frustration. Second symptom of imbalance is fatigue. You get uh, tired, you get worn out when your life is out of balance. Uh, anybody who's ever bought a new set of tires knows that you need to get them balanced. If the tires on your car are not balanced, then you're going to have a bumpy, shaky ride. Uh, there's going to be vibrations. The car isn't going to handle well. Stuff will wear out and break if your tires aren't in balance. And an imbalanced tire eventually wears out in the wrong place. You know, when it's out of balance, you get a bulge and a bald spot and a blowout. Can you identify with that? Bulge, bald spot, blowout. Anybody got that going on? Yeah, tires blow out, people burn out because of imbalance. You, you wear out quicker. But that's why some of you are so tired all the time, because you're unbalanced. And you're living with frustration and fatigue. God says he doesn't want us to live like that. So what do we do? Well, it starts with establishing your priorities. You've got to establish your priorities. If I'm going to live a Christian life, if I'm going to be an authentic, dedicated follower of Jesus Christ, if I want my life to matter, if I want my life to count for eternity, then I have to yield my priorities to Christ's priorities. That's the whole struggle and challenge of the Christian life. Laying off me, taking up the cross of Christ. To lay down my life, pick up the cross, to surrender my will, my ways to God's will and God's word. You know, the, I exist to serve God. God doesn't exist to serve me. Too many people, even too many Christians, think that God exists to serve them. You know, they think that, that's the purpose. God, I, I want to do this so you make it happen. God, I, I want that, so give it to me. God, I don't want to go through this, so take this out of my life. We treat God like he's a genie who's supposed to grant our wishes so we can live out our priorities. It's the whole struggle. Am I going to live my life for me, or am I going to surrender my life to Jesus Christ? Now, here's the deal. The, the priorities in my life cannot be my priorities. The priorities in my life must be Christ's priorities. So what are they? Well, Christ's priorities, Christ's principles, his precepts, his plans are all contained in God's word, the Bible. That's the purpose of this book, to teach you and me how to make God's priorities my priorities. Now, we talk about the Bible like it's one book. Actually, it's 66 different books written by over 40 different authors over the course of almost 2,000 years. There are 31,173 sentences in the Bible. There are historical writings, genealogy, stories, parables, prophecies, letters, covenants, proverbs, laws, commands. There are over 150 songs in the Bible. And it's all written originally in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. How do I wade through all of that and find my priorities? How can I cut through all the clutter and get clarity? If I'm supposed to live according to this book, how do I do it? I mean, honestly, it's overwhelming. 
You know, if that's what you're wondering, you're not the first person to wonder that. that that's been part of the struggle over the years. How do I sort out this book and follow what it says? In fact, Jesus had a young man come to him one time, very sincere guy, came and asked him a question. He said, which commandment is the greatest commandment? Now, what he meant by that is, is how do I sort this out so that I can know what I need to do to live my life so it matters, to live my life so it counts, so that when I get to the end of my life, I know I've done the right thing. Jesus, tell me, what am I supposed to be doing? You identify with that question? Man, I can. Jesus' response came in Matthew 22. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus said, love God, love your neighbor. All the law and the prophets, all the Old Testament hangs on those two concepts. The whole Old Testament, with its histories, genealogies, stories, parables, prophecies, letters, covenants, proverbs, laws, commands, the whole Old Testament was written and given to us to teach us, to explain to us how to love God and love one another. That's its purpose. Jesus says, you want to know what the priorities are in the Old Testament? You'll find them in the great commandment. Love God, love your neighbor. Well, that covers the Old Testament. But Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament. He came to start something new. He gave us a new testament. He gave us a new covenant. A new covenant in his blood shed on the cross. We don't live under the law. We live under grace. God is doing a new thing in us. We are a new wine. Not new wine in old wineskins. We are new wine in new wineskins. We're not Israel. We are the church. We are the bride and the body of Christ. So what are the priorities of the New Testament? How do we sort those out? How do we cut through the clutter and get clarity here? Well, just like Jesus clarified the Old Testament with the Great Commandment, he clarified the New Testament with the Great Commission. The Great Commission was given by Christ to his followers. Actually, the Great Commission was given to you and me. It wasn't just given to those guys back then. This is you know, it's the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. He's going to ascend into heaven. It's his farewell speech to the troops. It's his marching orders to every generation. Jesus is leaving and going to heaven. What do we do now? This is what he says in Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Folks, that's one of the most staggering verses in the Bible. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You know, if somebody prefaces a statement with that, you better listen up. <laughs> They're about to lay a priority on you. They're about to tell you that this, this is what you need to be doing. This is important. You want to know what the plan is? You want to know what you need to be doing with your life? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I mean, there it is. The whole New Testament is the game plan. It's the instruction manual for doing this. 
This is what Jesus wants us to do as his followers. This is to be the priority in our life, to make disciples, to baptize them, and teach them to obey Christ's commands. You want to know what's to be at the hub, the center of your life? What is it that you are to balance your life around? There you got it. Great commandment, great commission. Love God, love other people, make disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey. That's it. And at Rockbrook, these two verses are foundational for us. Sixteen years ago, we started this church, and we started this church on the foundation of those two verses. It's the reason why we as a church exist. Those two verses are what we are trying to accomplish in your life. You know, our mission statement is to help you fulfill the great commandment and the great commission. Because a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great Christian. It'll put your life into balance. In fact, the, the, these priorities are so important. So we've even hung them up on the wall. You know, we've got them over here on the pallets. Matthew 2 and 2 eighths. You know, why did we do it that way? Well, because it's creative. It will help you to remember Matthew 22, Matthew 28. That's what that means. Matthew 22, great commandment. Matthew 28, great commission. Listen, if you can find the chapter, you can find the verse. So there you go. Matthew 22, 28, great commandment. Fulfilling the great commandment, the great commission. That's our goal. And those priorities provide the foundation for this church. And those priorities should be the foundation of your life. Jesus Christ said that if you will build your life on those priorities, it's like building your life on solid rock. There will be balance, stability. You build your life on anything else, it's like building on shifting sand. It's going to go splat. So let's look at the areas of your personal life where you need to have balance. First, we need to have mental balance, Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Philip's translation, I love it. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. We have to think differently than the world thinks. We have to learn to think differently than our flesh thinks. Because what you think affects your life. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We need the mind of Christ. We need balance. How do you get mental balance? Well, you get mental balance by filtering the thoughts that come into your mind. You don't allow stuff to come into your mind indiscriminately. You maintain balance by choosing what you're going to think about. Philippians 4.8 says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So when you fill your mind with what's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, it keeps your mind in balance. When you fill your mind with lies, falsehoods, filth, ugly, low, faulty, worthless thoughts, your mind gets out of balance. Balance, mental balance comes from feeding your mind on God's Word every day. Physical balance. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. Don't you know that you were bought with a price? You are not your own. Therefore, glorify God in your body. When we don't take care of our bodies, it affects every area of our lives. And so you've got to ask yourself, you know, am I out of balance? Am I constantly complaining about being tired? 
You know, am I just sick and tired of being sick and tired? Well, there's a way out of that. The way out of that is to maintain physical balance. Most chronic ailments that, that we have are a result of lifestyle choices. It's a result of lifestyle choices. High blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart disease, acid reflux, type 2 diabetes, a lot of other health issues are a direct result of poor diet and a lack of exercise. That's the cause of them. I personally struggle with everything on that list. But when I eat right and exercise, I see improvement in every one of those areas. When I eat junk and don't exercise, I deteriorate right before your eyes. Okay? Physical balance, getting yourself in shape. It can happen. Your body is designed to be healthy. God designed your body to move toward health. And if you eat healthy and you exercise regularly, that's what will happen. Now, I'm not saying that you won't grow older. I'm not saying that you won't get sick. I'm not saying you won't have aches and pains. But with proper maintenance, the human body will last a lifetime. Okay? <laughs> but it's not automatic. Uh, it takes a balance. Third thing, we need to have spiritual balance. You are a spiritual being. Even if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a spiritual creature. That's just part of how you're made. 2 Peter 3.18 says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You grow two ways as a Christian. You grow in grace, you grow in knowledge. You grow in, in, in intellectual growth. You, you learn more about God. You learn more about the Bible, about your word, about yourself. You also grow in grace. That means you grow in character. That's how you live out the knowledge that you have. And a lot of people grow in knowledge about God. They, they know the books of the Bible. They've memorized verses. They know who Nebuchadnezzar is. But they don't grow in grace. They don't grow in character. Spiritual balance is knowing and doing. It's trust and obey. It's grace and truth. It's believing, belonging, becoming. It's a spiritual balance. And you need emotional balance. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. That gives us a picture of an emotionally balanced and emotionally healthy person. The, the fruit of the Spirit, the, the, the benefit of the Holy Spirit living in your life is you have love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. Those nine qualities represent emotional stability. And when you think of those things, it's a picture of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, all these things just wrapped up in one person. He's our model. And he says, I want you to live this way too. So there's the question. Are, are you an emotionally healthy, emotionally balanced person? Do you have a tendency to worry and have anxiety? Are you mastered by your moods or do you manage your moods? You know, where are you at emotionally? The Holy Spirit wants to be a source of emotional balance in your life. Number five, you need social balance, relational balance. You can have everything else right in your life. Your balances or relationships are out of whack. Life stinks. See it all the time. You can be a millionaire. You can be famous. You can be successful. But if you are at odds with people, life is tough. Romans 12, 16. 
live in harmony with one another. Webster's Dictionary defines balance as when all the parts are in harmony. That's balance. Your relationships are in harmony. You get relational balance. Proverbs 12, 18, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. Now, this idea of balance in your life is crucial. That's why we're doing a series on it. Uh, a guy, Dr. Charles Garfield. Dr. Charles Garfield. If you go to Amazon, the guy's written dozens of books, spent his life studying this principle of balance in your personal life. He works out of the University of California Medical School in San Francisco. And one time he studied 1,500 outstanding achievers in all walks of life. Accountants, athletes, teachers, uh, every area of life, looking for common denominators for success. He asked the question, are there any common denominators of peak performance? You know, what makes the difference between a person who has super success and another person who tries their best but just gets mediocre results? What's the difference? And the number one characteristic of top achievers in the world is they led well-rounded, balanced lives. Okay? Well-rounded, balanced lives. You know, we, we see these high achievers, these successful people, and we often think, oh, they're extremists. They just focus on one thing, and that's all they do. Dr. Garfield says that's a misconception. He says those who are successful over time, high performers, yeah, they're willing to work hard in one area, but it's not everything in their life. And he interviewed top executives in 10 major industries and found that they all knew how to relax. They all knew how, how to leave their work at the office. They, they, they had close friends and family that were important to them. They spent time with their children. They had a spiritual element to their life. They were balanced. See, we see these people who are successful, then they look successful, and all of a sudden they crash and burn. You ever see that? You know, why is it they can reach a level of success, but they can't sustain it? Why does their life come crashing down and fall apart? They're out of balance. That's the key. Anytime one part of your life becomes all-important, everything in your life, including that part, eventually crumbles. Because the key is balance. So how do you get started? How, what do you need to do as we prepare to move into this margin series? Three suggestions today. This is your homework. Number one, take an inventory. Proverbs 14.8, the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. You know, wise people think about where they're headed. Wise people give thought to their ways. Fools just deceive themselves. They live in denial. Proverbs 14.15, a simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thought to his steps. So how do you get started with this idea of balance? Well, you start by asking some questions. You start by looking at yourself, evaluate, do a self-examination. You do a balance checkup. It's wise to analyze. Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. Now, how do you avoid getting to the end of your life and, and, and realize, oh man, I've been doing this and I should have been doing this. How did I miss that? What, where am I out of balance? What's missing? You know, I don't want you to, to, to waste the rest of your life. I want you to, to make it count. I want you to get your life in balance. And it starts by asking yourself some hard questions. You know, mental balance. Ask yourself, where am I at? Am I growing in grace and knowledge? Am I growing in my understanding of who God is and what He wants me to do? 
Am I growing in my application of how I live my life? Physical balance. You know, am I always complaining of a lack of energy? Am I always tired and worn out? Do I pay no regard to what I eat or how I exercise? Spiritual balance. You know, do I spend time in God's Word every day? Is my first reaction to a problem to pray, or is prayer my last resort? You know, am I choosing to grow spiritually? Emotional balance. Uh, Do I worry all the time? Am am I mastered by my moods? Do I get depressed easily? Am I losing my temper all the time? Where am I at emotionally? Social balance. What are the activities that I do with my friends? Uh, Are we encouraging one another toward righteousness and godliness? Are we accountability partners or are we accomplices? What are my relationships? And I'd encourage you just to sit down, do an inventory of your schedule, take a look at your calendar, make a list of what you do and where your time goes. How much are you working? How much are you watching TV? How much are you sleeping? How many nights is your family home in the evening? Or are you just rushing here and there all the time? Track what you eat. You count your meals, your snacks, your desserts, your drinks, your Red Bull, your Monster, your Mountain Dew. How much of that stuff are you drinking? Take a look at your portions. Count some calories. Look at your relationships. Are your conversations comfortable? Or are they free from criticism and conflict? Are you alienated from parents, spouse, your kids? How many good friends do you have? Who are they? Do you have any strained relationships? Are you holding on to any grudges or resentments? You just stop. Take an inventory. Evaluate the balance in your life. And sometimes you'll need, you'll need somebody to speak into your life. You know, we have bald spots. We also have blind spots. You know, sometimes you just can't see what's going on in your life. You think it's balanced, but you need somebody to speak into your life and say, man, do you really need to be doing that that much? Second thing, write down a plan of action. Balance doesn't come by accident. It's not automatic. In fact, imbalance is automatic. So you must plan specifically what you're going to do to get it in balance. Ephesians 5.15 Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity. How do you make the most of every opportunity? Well, you plan for it. You, You prepare for it. You know, luck is on the side of the prepared. You, you, you get ready. You develop a plan of action. Here's what you're quickly going to realize. You're quickly going to realize that you can't do this on your own. You can't do this in your own strength. You know, if you try and do this in your own willpower, you're going to live unbalanced. And that's why you need to do the third thing. You need to establish Christ at the center of your life. Because you will always be out of balance until you get Christ in the center. You can center your life on on your job and the pursuit of money. You can center your life on retiring or in recreation. You can center your life on your family, and it will not work. It won't work. You know, in a wheel, the power comes through the hub. The power is in the hub, and then it's distributed uh, out to the spokes that turn the wheel. Same thing's true. You put Christ in the center of your life, the power comes out through that hub, and it goes out to all the other areas of your life in balance. That's why the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all this other stuff will be added to you. 
Christ at the center, that's the key. And you may be here, you may be saying, Pastor, my life has fallen apart. My my life isn't just falling apart, it's flying apart. I got debris flying off everywhere. What is the glue that will hold my life together? Colossians 1.15 says this about Jesus Christ. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, that's you and me, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things pull together. If your life has fallen apart, it's because Jesus Christ is not at the center. Jesus Christ at the center pulls your life back together. Now here's the deal. Jesus Christ wants to be at the center of your life. This isn't something that you have to call him to or convince him of. This is what he wants to do. He is waiting for you to invite him, to place him in that center. He is ready. He is able. He is there for you. And today, you can start a new beginning. Today, you can have a clean slate. Today's the day you can begin to regain your balance. But it starts by placing Jesus Christ at the center. Would you make that prayer today? Would you make that decision? You know, whether you've ever never done it before or maybe this is the 50th time, just ask Christ, come in, be at the center of my life so everything else will come into balance. Let's pray together. If your life has fallen apart, would you just say, Jesus Christ, take the pieces and put them back together. Christ loves you. He wants to help you. He's waiting for you to ask. Would you just say, Lord, I just trust that you you can help me to live a balanced life. And I want your priorities to become my priorities. And I want my life to be balanced according to your will and your word. And I just pray, Lord, that you will come in. Be the center. Help me to find that love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, self-control that comes from yielding to you. I'm done with the fatigue, the frustration. God, I want the harmony that comes. I want to make a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission so I can be a great Christian and so I can live a great life. Thank you for your promise, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.